0: You know, as we are singing that song, I was thinking, death was defeated along with sickness, disease, brokenness, woundedness, it's all been defeated. Amen? I wanted to start uh, quickly by just thanking the ladies that shared the mothers that shared last week. Kelsey's not here yet, but... Kelsey, Maury, Marilyn, stand up. Well done, ladies. Well done. I felt last week when we were done, I know it went longer than usual, but I felt like we really got filled. I think it's important that we hear testimonies in different perspectives, right? It's very, very healthy. And I love the stories. Marilyn, Man, you were like the mama bear. <laughs> that was awesome. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've heard a lot of her stories, and those were ones I'd never heard before, so it was awesome. Uh, just a quick uh, update on our healing conference. It is nailed in, dialed in, and going to happen. Yes, we have Bethel's one of their school of ministry teams coming, and they're coming Saturday, June 12th, and Sunday, June 13th. So, yeah, we should be pretty excited about that. We've been, we've been talking about healing for a long time, and, you know, it's kind of like talking about the baby, and mama's pregnant, and, and we're talking about the baby, and the baby, and the baby. When do we get to hold the baby? Yeah. Well, all of what we're doing right now, and the testimonies, and sharing, and talking about healing, and, 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 and in, the, in the past, you know, we started this little mini-series on healing, and, and we've talked about, who I, I really feel you have your head and your hearts around it. Sometimes I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but I believe with all my heart that God's perfect will is healing. God's perfect will is wholeness. God's perfect will, excuse, God's perfect will is to be totally healed. And that is more of a whole gospel than just this gospel of salvation that I'm saved from going to that fiery burning place. Amen? And we need, to be, we need to be so intentional about preaching a gospel that includes all of the wholeness and healing that God wants to do in all of our lives, in all of our being, in every part of our being. Amen? So everything, we also talked about everything that Jesus did pointed to that fact, that God's will, his perfect will is healing. It, it, everything Jesus touched, everywhere he went, people were healed. They were all healed wherever he went right? Now, if he was doing that and it wasn't God's heart, that was really incredibly counterproductive, wasn't it? Yeah, we talked about that. But let's move on. Today, I want to kind of take a little different angle quickly. Um, I wrote here, the ministry of the New Testament church differs little from that of Jesus himself. In the record of the church's early beginnings in the book of Acts, it's also called the Acts of the Apostles, it shows us that Jesus' followers continued the same ministry of preaching and healing that Jesus himself had begun. Amen? And what it really does show us, too, that the healing power of God and God's willingness to heal didn't ascend into heaven with Jesus when he left. Jesus did not take his football healing and go home. He didn't. <clears throat> he passed that football onto the t- other parts of the team. He passed it back. In fact, in, in Mark chapter 16, Jesus said this before he ascended. Here he, here's the handoff. Take all that I am and here you guys run with this. He says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons and they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands or hook. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. And they will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. One time on a youth outing, we found a rattlesnake. Me being young and dumb and highly skilled snake handler, not, I picked up this snake, and I had my hook, and I'm holding the snake and opening its mouth. And the Sunday school teacher came up, put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, You know, I don't think... This is what that scripture meant, son. <laughs> Let's get rid of the snake. I thought it was pretty cool, but it wasn't too smart. So if you were to sit down and do a careful study of the books, book of Acts, you would see that's exactly what was happening. Everywhere the gospel was preached, miracles and healings and signs and wonders and diseases, it was all taken care of. It was all, all happening at that moment. Jesus was showing up in his presence, and he was healing everyone around. And as the apostles continued to do that, we saw everything that he did, they did as well, and we saw incredible miracles being performed. We read that. You know, if, and, and I don't have time to go through all the scriptures, but if you were to go into the book of Acts and just look for miracles, just look for signs and wonders, just look for healing of any kind, you're going to find it almost on every single page and almost in every single chapter. It's a record of what was happening. You see where impure spirits came out of many people who were paralyzed, lame. Uh, people, all kinds of people were being healed from all kinds of crazy things. You see, you see in Acts 9, they found a man named um, Aeneas who, said, uh, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. So here we have this paraplegic guy who had been bedridden for eight years. And Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, roll up your map, Walk. And he gets up, he rolls up his mat. Immediately, he takes off walking. Remember that old song in Sunday school singing? He went walking and leaping and praising God. you imagine the joy in his heart? Unbelievable. But there's story after story. The gospel, which the early church preached, was the same one that Jesus had preached. And believe me, it proclaimed release from bondage, release from oppression... And announced healing to all those who were afflicted. And that should be the gospel that we are preaching and sharing with others. That God is not mad at you. God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his son. And not only that, he wants to save you from going to that place. But he also wants to heal you and see you walk in wholeness here and now in this life. That in itself is a powerful testimony. Healing was an integral part of the gospel of the early apostles, and the book of Acts shows us this one occasion, I love this, and this is important, you need to understand the importance of testimony, this is kind of where we're going. In Acts 14.8, here Paul's preaching the gospel in Lystra, he's he's preaching to this crowd, and in the crowd is this crippled man, And, and somewhere in... Paul's sharing, somewhere in Paul's testimony, we don't know exactly what Paul was sharing verbatim, but we know that he was sharing the good news, that the kingdom has come, that he was sharing about Jesus, and his, Paul shared a lot about his Jesus encounter, right? Somewhere in that journey, the man heard and had the faith to be healed as Paul was speaking. Turn with me to Acts 14, chapter 14, verse 8 through 10. And here's how it went down. This is really powerful. <clears throat> in Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth, and he had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul looked directly at him. Something in the man caught Paul's attention. That's my emphasis. <clears throat> Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed. So here's Paul preaching the gospel, and he's looking at people within, and there had to have been hundreds and hundreds of people there. And Paul sees this one particular man that something in that man had shifted. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit had lit this man up like a Christmas tree. And Paul saw that. And Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. And he called out, stand up on your feet. And at that, the man jumped up and began to walk. You know, it's obvious that what the man heard in the good news which Paul preached was that God was willing and God was able to heal him. You have to remember that we didn't have the New Testament as we know it today in our hands. Paul was speaking from his heart and his experience. And something in his experience ignited faith in this man who had been lame since birth And something told him that, yes, this is for you as well. And he grabbed hold of that. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. And and, and the crippled man acquired faith for his healing by hearing a gospel. By hearing a gospel which proclaims freedom and bondage from oppression and sickness and disease. He heard it. Is that what you are sharing with others? I'm just challenging you that. Smith Wigglesworth, I love this quote. Smith Wigglesworth, what an amazing, amazing man. He says, there is something about believing God that will cause him to pass over a million people to get to you. When faith is ignited in someone's heart, God goes, hey guys, come here. That great cloud of witnesses, hey guys, come here. Go check this out. Let's shift gears. Exodus 25. Turn there really quick. You may think this is kind of odd, but we're going to shift gears. Exodus 25 begins with the institution of the tabernacle. And, And in Exodus 25, God begins to tell them the first thing he wants them to build is this thing called an ark, we typically know it as the Ark of the Covenant. It was a box. It was about, I don't know, not quite four feet long, maybe two and three inches deep and wide. I don't know. Just a, It was a box. They put gold over it. It goes through this whole description of what this box is to look like. And then he had a lid made for the top of it with these instructions that that became the mercy seat. <clears throat> and that was the lid that went over the top of it. But the Ark of the Covenant is also known As the Ark of the Testimony. The scripture says in in verse 16, and you shall put into the Ark, you shall put into the Ark the testimony which I give to you. You shall put into the Ark the testimony which I give to you. So the Ark of the Covenant, again, I, I shared, is also known as the Ark of the Testimony. Now the Hebrew word for testimony means witness or record. It, it comes from this primitive uh, Hebrew root word, I think it's ud or something like that, which means to duplicate or repeat. So God had them put something in the box that he was willing to repeat and do again over and over and over. So here's what they put in the box. They put the Ten Commandments. They put a jar of manna, we'll read later uh, in Hebrews, and then the rod of Aaron they put in there as well. But let me tell you something. When we talk about the ark of the testimony being a record of or a witness of things that will duplicate or repeat, it literally refers to something being done or spoken again and again and again. Its purpose is to remind, to bring to your mind, to bring to the forefront of your mind something that was done in the past. Okay? Okay? So your testimony, your Jesus testimony is such a an powerful and incredible tool. And I really feel that as we move forward into the future, God is going to use and he wants to use your testimony. Your testimony, and I will explain why in a moment. Your testimony can not only bring something back to your mind, it also brings something back to your heart. It can recreate the emotions and the sense of the experience of that to which it testifies. How many of you have had a suddenly, a God-suddenly moment happen in your life? Now, everybody just stop for a moment. And I want you just to shut your eyes. There's nothing weird. I'm not leading you anywhere. I just want you to remember that moment. Remember that moment that just suddenly was quickened to your heart. And remember how that moment made you feel. Now, I'm talking about that Jesus moment not the moment when you drop the toaster on your foot okay just think about that for a moment what does that do to your heart does it take you back to that moment do you remember that moment do you remember it well most of us do and I'm going to tell you, it's kind of like if you're thumbing through an old photo album. The other day I was thumbing through a photo album, and I saw this picture of my dad and his Harley that had a sidecar. And my sister and I are sitting on the, the gas tank with dad. Here's dad, here's me next to dad and my sister. We're just sitting on it for a picture. But I remember when I saw that, I was instantly taken back to a moment in time when I felt secure, when I felt safe. When I was riding with dad and we were up in the Big Bear Mountains and go camping and we'd be tucked down inside that sidecar with a blanket pulled over us because it was cold and just hearing that motor as we just rolled on through the woods. Isn't it interesting how, how, how a song can even do that? You hear a song, it can trigger something in your heart. It can trigger a memory. And the people will typically say, oh man, that takes me back. Oh, that picture takes me way back. Or that song takes me back to a moment in time. It really does seem to take us back to a time and a place. And in that moment when that happened. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because that song has become a testimony. It becomes a record. It became a witness of an event that happened in your life. And it's, it's something usually of great meaning of the past. That's what our testimony is really about. This is what the ark of the testimony did for the children of Israel. It was a witness that spoke of God's covenant that he had made with them. And everything about what was in it and everything about that ark testified to something with their experience and in their experience with him. Are, are, are you getting this? So it 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 represented it it represented his presence among them. It reminded them when God supernaturally intervened. Take, for instance, the Ten Commandments that spoke of God's instruction, his wisdom and his promises. It was a covenant that he made with them. If you do this, I will do this. If you follow me with all your heart, I will keep you healthy and well in the land and you will be more than conquerors. The jar of manna, it spoke of of God's miraculous provision God had made for them in the wilderness. And it was a provision that sustained them all throughout their wilderness wanderings. How many of you have had God's supernatural provision laid upon you in unbelievable ways? Yes. And I love sharing those stories. And then you had the rod of Aaron, uh, which spoke of this, this high priestly authority. You know, when the people pushed back and tested God, and they're pushing and rebelling against Aaron. God caused Aaron's rod to all of a sudden, bud. That was a moment. And let the people know that, man, Aaron's the one I chose, people. Do you get it? Uh, Yeah, I think so. So the testimony of these things that were in the ark were always there to remind them, not only of who God had been been to them in the past, but who God was going to be with them and be to them in the future. They would open the box and go, remember when God took care of us? I know the food looks a little low right now, but remember, see that jar of manna? God took care of us. Don't forget that. So hang on to those testimonies, those moments when God took care of you. Remember those. Man, when you're having a bad day at Black Rock, go back to those moments. Those are records of what God did and what God will continue to duplicate and reproduce in your life as you move forward. A testimony is not just about the way God used to be, but it's about the way He is now and always will be because He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does not change. Amen? And and think about this. The testimony of what He has done for us is like a past Seed of faith about what he can we can also expect him to do for us into the future. I, I hope this is making sense. You know, when someone stands up and gives their testimony that God forgave them, God saved them, God rescued them, God healed them, God somehow, in an incredible way. Change their life. It is a witness that he will do the same for whoever will trust him. Think about the man at Lystra. Somehow, Paul was sharing, we don't know exactly verbatim what he was sharing, but something in his words told that man that what this man was speaking somehow changed his life. His encounter changed his life. I want that encounter too, and I believe I'm going to take that. And he did, and he was healed. This is why it's so important for you to remember the testimony of what God has done for you and be so active in sharing it with others. This is also why it's important for us to pay attention to other people's testimonies as well. I love hearing people's testimonies. I love when I ask you, oh gosh, a couple months ago I asked for testimonies to come in. A lot of testimonies came across my desk. Powerful testimonies of God's supernatural intervention. And I loved reading those because it encouraged my heart. And there are others that need to hear that. You know, the reason it's so important for us to pay attention to the testimony of others is that they remind you of who God is and what He can do. And some days we're down. And some days we need to be reminded that God has never forsaken us. He's never left us. He's always been there for us. And it's also important to know that, 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 that probably the most important testimony is that of God himself. And what he allowed his son to accomplish on the cross for us. I get it. But never, never underestimate the power of your story. Never underestimate the power of your testimony. Never underestimate your God encounters. No matter how small, no matter how big. I had a good friend, a great big guy. He was a concrete worker. He had been, his, that was his business. <clears throat> but he had these, the guy was like six forever tall, probably 390, he was a huge man. and But he had these super big, super thick glasses. And he was getting ready. He had all the aggregate down. He had the forms. And, and he said, I could hear the truck at the bottom of the canyon coming up. They were in Jacksonville somewhere. I could hear it. And all of a sudden, my glasses fell off my face. And he said, I could see nothing, just a blur. And he said, you know, he said, I just started to weep. And I said, Father, this may not seem like anything to you, but to me, I have to see it means the world. And he's holding his glasses. He, could, he grabbed them, and he found the other piece, but what was missing was that screw. And he's thinking, what am I going to do? He's crying out to God, and, and, and through the tears... All of a sudden, through the tears in his eyes, he said the ground became magnified and he saw that little tiny screw sitting there on top of a rock. He said, I didn't want anybody to move. I just licked my finger, went down and touched it and it came up. Somehow he was able to, I don't know how he did it, he got it back in and got it ready just as the truck's backing in the driveway. That just shows you God cares about Everything. And when you hear those stories, you just go, whoa. If God cares about a little screw on your eyeglasses, surely he cares so much more for all kinds of stuff, right? Man. Turn with me to Revelation 19. I'm going to shift another gear on you. This is such a powerful, powerful chapter in the book of Revelation. Uh, I was tempted to read the entire chapter, but... It's this, it's, it's John's having this revelation of, of the second coming of Christ. And I mean, there's bells and whistles of every sort and kind and stuff going on, and he's watching all this go down, and and, and this guy comes out, comes out, and things like Hallelujah, which by the way, in the New Testament, this is the only book that Hallelujah is even mentioned in. and the Old Testament, it's in a couple, I think Psalms and one other book, but in Revelation, hallelujah, hallelujah, salvation. I heard, a, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. And then it goes on and it just it, it's amazing, the, 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 the lightning and the thunder and the smoke and everything that's going on. What a moment. It would probably be quite terrifying. And here's John taking it all in. In verse 6, he says, And I heard, as it were, a voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, as though the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen and clean and bright. And the fine linen is the righteous act of the saints. Then he said to me, whoever this angelic being was, said to me, John, said, Right blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet. So John falls at the feet of this angelic being, probably just out of sheer fright, Figuring he's standing on incredibly holy ground. And he said, but he said to me, see that you do not, see that you do not do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. And then he finishes out with these interesting words. He says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That that scripture for years kind of made me go, "What? what really does that mean? It seems to go all over the charts when you ask people. But here's my summation of this. Testimonies are stories of God's activity in people's lives, stories of what Jesus has done. And I love to stir that moment up. That's why I love having people come up here and share their stories and their testimonies. When you share a testimony with someone else, it gives them a hope of what God can do in their life. So when you share your testimony, you are prophesying in a sense, you are foretelling or foretelling what God can do and what God wants to do in their lives. You're You're releasing prophecy over their lives. Yes, you can do that. The testimony of what Jesus has done prophesies to people who then hear what God is willing to do for them. I I think prophecy by its very nature is designed to unfold the loveliness of Jesus. Man, testimonies are so important because there are stories about God's nature. There are stories that reveal his heart and his person, what God values. And they reveal his interaction and his love for humanity in a powerful way. Every time we tell a story about what God has done in us and through us, we create an opportunity for that story to be duplicated. you guys hear that? That's why it's so important to share your testimony. The very nature, according to Exodus 25, 16, the very nature of keeping the testimony that God commands in the scriptures was that God had already committed to doing it again and again and again. So when you share a testimony in any sense, here's what Bill Johnson says, I love this. He says, when you share a testimony in any setting, the atmosphere becomes pregnant with possibilities for miracles to happen. When you share your testimony. I remember one time we had gone to the Dalles. I, I, I went up there to see if I, uh, it would be a good fit for us. But I went up there, to, and I did for two years. I ran a meat company for a guy. And while I was up there, got involved in a really awesome church, and uh, uh, the Dallas had the Covenant Christian Center it was a great place to go, and we were up there. And my first home group I went to, they were giving testimonies of people just sharing their personal testimony, come to Jesus story, and it's going around the room, and it's just, I'm kind of almost chuckling because it was like, yeah, I was a biker, I rode a bike. Next person, yeah, I was a biker, I rode seven bikes, and it just kept going, and I just thought, guys, this isn't what this is for. It's not a bragging moment. And this girl I'm watching, she's somewhere towards the end and she just tears. And she said, well, I grew up in a home where we always knew about Jesus and there's never been a moment that I haven't known or been in love with him. What a powerful, powerful, powerful testimony. That's just as powerful as someone who was a biker and got saved out of that lifestyle. What a power. So never underestimate your story. You don't have to embellish it. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to put different spins on it. Just share what Jesus has done for you. And somewhere it will connect with someone's heart and it will duplicate that for them if they believe. Amen? So when we give testimony of the goodness of God, it makes people aware of the nature and the heart of the Father. There is a readiness. There is this eagerness to see God do it again testimony repeat and duplicate guys i really want us as we move into the future to be bold with our testimonies and and as we do i believe that we will change the atmosphere around us it's not about bragging it's simply just sharing i don't know about that but i can tell you what jesus did for me and 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 i know about you know and 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 try not to be spinning off 14 stories out of somebody else's story. Tell your story. So I want to finish out with a few questions. What is in the ark of your testimony? We no longer need the ark. I think after Raiders of the Lost Ark, when the lid was moved, God took off. He's not in the box anymore. He's not. Never really needed to be in the box, but to keep people safe, his presence went in the box somehow. I don't know. But... Now with the power of the Holy Spirit, God indwells us. So we are the arks walking around, right? And we are the arks of the testimony. And we should have glorious testimonies within us. So what is in your ark? Don't sell yourself short. You guys have some powerful, powerful testimony to share. What are the promises of God's word that you're claiming? What are the times that you have experienced God's guidance? Think about those things. Begin to go back through your heart. What are the provisions that you've received from him? The daily providences and the unusual supply that has shown up in your life. My wife and I could write books about that. God's supernaturally providing way beyond our wildest dreams. What are the ways that he has made his presence known to you? That's important. Share that with people. What are the ways he has revealed the life of Jesus to you? It's important. What are the ways he's revealed the life of Jesus through you to others? That's a powerful testimony. Guys, all of these things, when we share them in the right context, these are seeds of expectation. Expectation that he will continue to be and to do what he has always been and done. God is so willing and so ready to heal our brokenness. But sometimes, sometimes, Jesus wants to work through you more often than you realize. And as you share your story with others, something in their heart will ignite and they will receive the faith that they need to believe that God is who he says he is and God wants to heal them and they will stand up and take their healing. Amen? You know, as this conference draws near to healing, I know there's going to be some warfare, but I want this place loaded with people that need a touch from God. I want this place loaded with your friends and your neighbors who, who you know could really use a healing from some broken, some broken area in their heart or their lives. I'd love for you guys to invite them and bring them because that's what this is about. It isn't for us to get tickled. It isn't for us to go, woohoo. It's for others that do not know and have not experienced the power of God. Or perhaps you need a healing in your life. And I believe if you believe that God's going to show up and we have great expectation, I think we're going to see some powerful things happen. Amen? Let's stand. I have personally watched in my life God heal eyes that people could not see from. I've seen God heal uh, broken parts and all kinds of stuff. And, 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 And one of the elephants in the room always is, okay, preacher, man of God, How come your arm's not whole? It's a good question. You're preaching about healing, that God wants all to be healed. Why does God pass over some, but yet heal others? We're going to address some of those questions as time goes on. It's important that we do, okay? And and I I have all the faith in the world for God to heal my arm, but I'm trusting him. My trust is totally in him. And his timing. And uh, I'm excited to share some more of this stuff, but I think it's important that we look at some of the reasons why, some of the big checks that people seem to have about healing. We're going to talk about it. Even Paul's thorn in the flesh, what was that really? Did Paul really have a physical ailment, or was there something else going on? Hmm. A little cliffhanger there. And Cyril's going to preach all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for these amazing hearts. I thank you for every testimony that's in here, God. Every vessel that's standing here, God, contains within them a testimony. Whether it's one or four kajillion testimonies, God, they're all powerful. And Father, I pray that you would give us the courage to just go through our heart and dust off those testimonies, and bring them forth to our remembrance. And so we can go back to that time and that moment, that place and that space where you so radically altered some area of our being, God. And give us the courage to be able to go out into our sphere of influence and share those testimonies with others so they in, t- in-, in turn can-, can receive and believe what you've done for us, he also wants to do for them. So Father, I just pray for an increased anointing of healing and testimonies in this room, in this tribe, that we could take it outside of this building and really change the world around us with your presence, God. And we just thank you. And we all said, amen, amen. Well, go have a nice, wonderful day and see you guys next Sunday.